friends, guests, and visitors that we have with us, and especially want to thank and uh, welcome uh, the family of Asena Harding, who we will be baptizing today, along with uh, uh, her parents, Clay and Krista, and so uh, thank you for being with us. We're so excited to be celebrating with you today and, and baptizing Asena. We have a lot of other things going on today as well. Um, one of them is that today is Commitment Sunday, so we will be, uh, we've sent out pledge cards to the church, um, and uh, Vicki Olson will be sharing uh, a temple talk, and uh, during the time of offering, there's a basket by the baptismal font where you can leave a pledge card if you have that with you. If you don't have it with you, there's a few spare ones that are sitting there. Also want to remind you that after church we have some uh, fellowship with coffee and hot chocolate and things like that, and we're trying that. Uh, we're trying a new thing by having that in the library, which is through this door. Um, I'm sure someone will direct you if you need to find it after the service. There's a place to have um, coffee and just uh, have some some time of fellowship as well. Um, coming up this week, we have our church family campfire. On Tuesday night, it'll probably be a little cold, so bundle up, but we will have a campfire going. We're hoping to have some warm beverages like hot chocolate, and uh, uh, we hope you'll join us for some, uh, just some fun time outside. So, um, continuing to pray for the, the family of Keith Stitch. Uh, we had Keith's uh, memorial service here yesterday. We also learned that Oliver... Oldham uh, passed away recently, so we're praying for him as well. So please keep praying for those families. Are there any other announcements we should be sure to make this morning? If not, we will begin our service with our prelude music, which gives us time to center ourselves for worship. Nada te turbe, nada te 
Please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Have mercy on us, O God. We confess that we have sinned against you and against our neighbor. We have built walls instead of tables and have turned away the stranger. We have sought glory for ourselves and have treasured that which does not satisfy. Help us to love as you love, to welcome those you send, and to treasure mercy and justice. Turn us from our ways to your ways, and free us to serve those in need. Amen. God, who makes all things new, forgives your sins for Jesus' sake and remembers them no more. Lift up your heads and your hearts. Yours is the kingdom of God. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, your sovereign purpose brings salvation to birth. Give us faith to be steadfast amid the tumults of the world, trusting that your kingdom comes and your will is done through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. The first reading is from Daniel, chapter 12. At that time, Michael, the great prince, the protector of your people, shall arise. There shall be a time of anguish, such as never occurred since nations first came into existence. But at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Word of God, word of life. multiplied I will not want 
teaches me night after night. I have set the Lord always before me, because God is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. day after day at his service, offering again and again the same sacrifices that could never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, and since then has been waiting until his enemies would be made a footstool for his feet. By a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. He also adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 13th chapter. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. And grace and peace be to you, friends, in the name of our Heavenly Parent and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In 2007, uh, Alan Wiseman, who's an American journalist, wrote a book called The World Without Us. The World Without Us explores a thought experiment. What would happen to the earth, to the environment, if human beings were to suddenly disappear? The idea started when he visited the ruins of the Mayan civilization. He saw how much of this once flourishing civilization had just disappeared. And he saw how nature was slowly breaking down even its most impressive structures. Every civilization assumes they will last forever. The Egyptians, the Aztecs, the Mayans, the Greeks, the Romans, us. I'm sure at the height of each of these flourishing civilizations, it seemed like they would go on for an eternity. They built their buildings thinking they would be there forever. But Wiseman's book invites us to ponder, how long would it take for nature to reclaim, to take over even our most impressive constructions? To write the book, he spoke to evolutionary biologists, to materials scientists, to archaeologists, to those who conserve art, and others who, uh, to help explore what a post-human world could look like. And he paid special attention in the book to the built environment of New York City, just as an example. Uh, he found in his research that if there wasn't a human to run the pumps, New York's subway tunnels would fill with water within two days. Within 20 years, Lexington Avenue would be a river. Fire and wind-ravaged skyscrapers would eventually fall like giant trees. And his estimate in talking with these scientists was that most residential neighborhoods would be forests within 500 years. 
And so a million years from now, if aliens were to discover our planet, they would find an odd assortment of things to try and reconstruct what human life was like. They might find um, some barrels of nuclear waste, bits of plastic, and just maybe Mount Rushmore. In our gospel reading for today, Jesus is near the temple in Jerusalem with his disciples. And one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. And by all accounts, this disciple was right. The temple built by Herod the Great was massive. It occupied a platform twice as large as the Roman Forum and four times as large as the Athenian Acropolis. The first century historian Josephus described the Jerusalem temple as an awe-inspiring wonder. The temple's retaining walls were made of stones that were 40 feet long. And Herod uh, had covered the outside walls with a lot of decoration with gold that shined brightly in the sunlight. And there's there's something so human about these disciples gawking at the size of this building. You can always tell a tourist in downtown Chicago, right, and I'm usually one of them, uh, because they have their neck craned upwards to look at the skyscrapers. And Jesus' disciples were mostly from uh, the rural and poor region of Galilee. So you have to imagine these country folk following Jesus into the big city and their jaws dropping at the big buildings. And what is it about humans and big buildings anyways? Why have we always felt an urge to build pyramids and towers and coliseums and skyscrapers with our names in big letters? Perhaps we imagine that if we build something big enough, we can prove that we matter, that we are important. Or maybe if we build something strong enough, we can find a kind of immortality. We can make something that endures, something that lasts. Jesus, however, is not impressed with our big buildings. He says to his disciples, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. Mark's gospel is written around the year 70 AD, which is the year that the Romans would tear down the temple. So in a way, this is uh, looking ahead to that. There was an ongoing Jewish revolt, and so the Romans tore down their temple, just like Jesus said. All will be thrown down, even those 40 feet long stones. It's likely, then, that this part of Mark's gospel was written as a kind of interpretation of those events. It's an example of an early Christian community trying to make sense of all the awful things that are going on. The temple was more than just a building. It was the place where God lived among the people, a place of God's presence. And so its destruction was more than a military defeat. It raised all sorts of questions about God's activity in the world. The trouble too often at the heart of our humanity is that we place our trust in the wrong things. We think that if we build a big enough building, a big enough pyramid, we can prove we were here, that we mattered. And part of what I love about the book, The World Without Us, is that it shows us, shows us that this effort to uh, prove our mattering uh, of our immortality is a fool's game. We are unable to escape entropy. 
Even our biggest skyscrapers will topple, given enough time. In the grand scheme of things, our biggest buildings are just specks on a tiny speck of a planet. Did you know that by volume you could fit over a million Earths in the size of our sun, and that our sun isn't even that big of a star, comparatively, if that doesn't make you feel small? In the grand, uh, grand scheme of things, too, given the history of the universe, our time on Earth is just a blip. And so, no, Jesus is not impressed with the big buildings. Ancient rulers built towers, modern billionaires build rockets, and those same billionaires are racing each other, who are racing each other to space are investing in all kinds of money trying to escape the inevitability of death. The billionaire Peter Thiel, for example, is investing in life extension research called parabiosis. Jeff Bezos is likewise pouring money into Altos Labs as they try to reverse aging in mammals. And doesn't that just speak, and I'm not just trying to pick on billionaires, even though I think a few of them could probably be taken down a peg, because uh, <laughs> I think this is something at the heart of our humanity, an anxiety that is human. Doesn't this speak to an anxiety at the heart of each of us, an anxiety that we, what we build won't last, that our legacy won't endure, an anxiety about our seeming insignificance in the expanse of the universe, an anxiety about our inability to stop time or death. But here's the mystery that our faith proclaims. It's true our existence is small in the grand scheme of things, but we are not insignificant. We are God's pearl of great price, and Jesus tells us that God knows the number of hairs on our heads, which is a more impressive number for some. <laughs> Our life is short in the grand scheme of things, but each moment is imbued with divine life, with a font of everlasting life. So no, Jesus is not impressed with our big buildings. But that doesn't mean that we don't matter. That doesn't mean that nothing lasts, that nothing endures. It's just that we place our trust in the wrong things. When we, baptized, when we baptize a Senate today, we will hear promises that outlast every pyramid, every tower. God will claim her as a child forever. And now promises, as compared to stones, might seem like flimsy things, but our scriptures tell us that God's word endures forever. So trust in that. Trust in the promise, because it endures, it lives, and you matter. In a way, what we do today is more of a wonder of the world to God than the pyramids of Giza. Those that lead us astray, as Jesus mentions in the scripture, teach us not to trust this God, not to trust in the promise. They turn God into a cosmic bully or an unpredictable tyrant because Jesus has made God's intentions known to us. The ending of the story has been revealed and it leads to life and blessing and wholeness and peace and praise. Jesus wants us to place our trust in the trustworthy God, the God of good intentions for us, despite the evidence of the contrary. 
It's on this basis that Jesus teaches teaches a suffering community in the first century that the suffering they see in the world is not meaningless. Instead, it is the beginning of the birth pangs of a new creation. It is ultimately a hopeful thing. We may not know the time, and we don't need to know the time, because we trust in the one who endures. Buildings may crumble, and injustice and suffering might reign for a day, but the end is still to come. A whole new world is waiting to be born. We are being baptized into it, and it is on its way. So Jesus invites us today to trust what endures in what matters. And you, my dear siblings, matter to God. Amen.
invite the baptismal uh, party to come forward and uh, gather around the font here. God, who is rich in mercy and love, gives us a new birth into a living hope through the sacraments of baptism. By water and the word, God delivers us from sin and death and raises us to new life in Jesus Christ. We are united with all the baptized in the one body of Christ, anointed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, and joined in God's mission for the life of the world. Then the clay and Krista, called by the Holy Spirit, trusting in the grace and love of God, do you desire to have a Senna baptized into Christ? I do. As you bring a Senna to receive the gift of baptism, you are entrusted with responsibilities to live with her among God's faithful people, to bring her to the word of God and the Holy Supper, to teach her the Lord's Prayer, the Creed, and the Ten Commandments, to place in her hands the Holy Scriptures, and to nurture her in faith and prayer so that she may learn to trust God, proclaim Christ through word and deed, care for others and the world God made, and to work for justice and peace. Do you promise to help Asena grow in the Christian faith and life? If so, say, we do. We do. Thank you. And now to the sponsors. Do you promise to nurture Asena in the Christian faith as you are empowered by God's Spirit and to help her live in the covenant of baptism and in communion with the church? If so, say, we do. Parents of sponsors have promised to surround Asena with love and care and support. And now we, as a congregation, as representatives on the church on earth, uh, make a promise to her as well. People of God, do you promise to support and pray for Asena and her new life in Christ? If so, respond together, we do. We do. I ask you to profess your faith in Christ Jesus, reject sin, and confess the faith of the church. Do you renounce the powers of this world that rebel against God and all the ways of sin that draw you away from God? If so, say, I renounce them. I renounce them. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks for this. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters, and by your word you created the world, calling forth life in which you took delight. Through the waters of the flood you delivered Noah and his family, and through the sea you led your people Israel from slavery into freedom. At the river your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By the baptism of Jesus' death and resurrection, you set us free from the power of sin and death 
and raise us up to live in you. Pour out your Holy Spirit, the power of your living word, that those who are washed in the waters of baptism may be given new life. To you be given honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. And if you want to bring her close to the font here. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> yeah. Asena, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's a little towel. (laughs) 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 So then, baptismal party will go to the front of the congregation. Lead us with the. Here, you can just stand right here. I said, I'm just going to place a hand on your head and say a prayer. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, that through water and the Holy Spirit, give your daughters and sons new birth, cleanse them from sin, and raise them to eternal life. Sustain a senna with the gift of your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Amen. I'm going to draw a cross on your forehead now. Asena, child of God, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Amen. Now we're going to place this garment over you that symbolizes that you are clothed with Christ. Ready? (laughs) You have been clothed in Christ. All who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And now, maybe one of the sponsors wants to take the candle. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will have the light of Christ. And, uh, and Kurt, this is both the garment and the candle are a keepsake. Uh, I invite you to uh, light this candle every year on this day. You can also light it on other special occasions, her birthday confirmation, graduation, things like that. Uh, I tell parents, keep lighting it over and over again until Asena says, why are we lighting this candle? And then you can tell her about how she's baptized, how much God loves her, um, and that she's claimed for an eternity. Let us welcome the newly baptized. We welcome you into the body of Christ and into the mission we share. Join us in giving thanks and praise to God and bearing God's creative and redeeming word to all the world. Let's welcome Asena.
you think she'll come to me? Do you think? Hi. <laughs> I want to introduce to you the newest member of our church family and of the family of Christ, Asena Harding. So. <laughs> <laughs> to return to your seats. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and we'll continue with the prayers. You, you can return to your seats and you can extinguish the candle. Yeah. Eternal God, defenders of this world, hear us now as we pray to assure the world and everyone in need. God, our creator, you show us the path of life. Bless faithful people everywhere with humility as they extend compassion to those who have experienced harm in religious spaces. Cultivate healthy congregations that tell of and enact your reconciling love. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of constant you love our universe from beginning to end. As the seasons change, protect animals that migrate and hibernate. Bring them safely to a sheltered place and a more abundant season. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of our ruler, this week we marked Veterans Day. We give you thanks for the service of the men and women of our armed services. Help us to be mindful of the sacrifices they made and the hardship endured by their families and friends, and call on us in gratitude to care for them as well. God, in your mercy. God, our stronghold, you are present amid disaster. Come to the aid of all survivors of earthquakes, famines, floods, hurricanes, wildfires, and the first respondents who support them. Calm their fear, supply their need, and be the solid ground beneath their feet. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, our guide, you are greater than we can imagine. Surround congregations with your expansive inclusion. We pray especially for those in need of healing in mind, body, or spirit, especially Denia, Galen, John, Lynn, Kristen, Bob, Sabrina, and Graham. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, our beginning and our end, your beloved people shine like the brightness of the sky. We thank you for the lives of all who rest in your eternal mercy, from famous saints to the people we have loved, especially Oliver Oldham. Assure us of your resurrection promise. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we lift up special prayers today for 
Asena, that you would bless her in her new life, that you would make uh, this church a place that uh, offers her our love and support, and that you would be with her and her family as she uh, grows in faith in you. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, our hope and strength we entrust to you, all for whom we pray, remain with us always through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please take a moment to turn around and wave or share a sign of peace with those in the pews. And after you share a sign of peace, you can find your seats and, uh, um, and have a seat for our stewardship talk. As it says in the bulletin, we won't be passing an offering plate today, but there is an offering plate by the baptismal font here where you can leave an offering. Uh, there's also a basket where you can place your pledge cards, and there are blank pledge cards um, if you don't have yours with you. Uh, and Vicki Olson, our stewardship chair, will give us a stewardship talk now. Hi, my name's Vicki Olson, and I have been a member here for most of my life. I was baptized in the Old Red Church of Trinity by Pastor Borgort in 1948. Now you know how old I am. (laughs) I went to Sunday school here starting in 1953. And back then we had over 900 kids in our Sunday school. A lot. In 1958, we had to build our Sunday school addition to accommodate all the children. And as a Sunday school student, we were given little envelopes that we could put our money in and give to God through the church. My brothers and myself were so excited to bring our own offering envelopes to church and put in the basket for Sunday school just like our parents put their offering envelopes in the offering plate. When we didn't have Sunday school, we could actually put our little envelopes in the same offering plate as our parents during our church service. What I remember best of all this is the feeling I would have, just like the adults, I was helping my church and giving to Jesus. In the Holy Land, there are two ancient bodies of water. Both are fed by the River Jordan. In one, fish play and roots find sustenance. In the other, there is no splash of fish, no sound of bird, no leaf around. The difference is not in the Jordan, for it empties into both. But in the Sea of Galilee, for every drop taken in, one goes out. It gives and lives. The other gives nothing, and it is called the Dead Sea. What's the difference? The Sea of Galilee has an outlet 
It flows outward into the Jordan River, contributing some water from local springs as well. While the Dead Sea can only receive and does not flow outward. The teaching to be derived is that those who give flourish, while those who keep everything for themselves dry up and wither. By giving to others, we actually keep ourselves flowing and growing. So far, a beautiful reminder that giving and sharing bring vitality into our lives. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't be afraid of missing out. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. Be generous, give to the poor. The place where your freedom is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Christian stewardship begins with God at the center. When stewardship revolves around any other center, it is misconceived. The institution of the church is an inadequate substitute for the incarnate body of Christ. The church institution is a means to the end of the church as the fellowship of all believers. Stewardship is servanthood to God through the church, not to the church institution. During this time of our annual stewardship campaign, we have heard from several people about how our church's resources benefit our community and the larger community beyond our doors, all because of you. Thank you for your prayerful giving in any form to our church for God's work. Thank you. Thank you, Vicki. And uh, we'll now hear our musical offering, which is a good time to take your pledge to uh, the basket, or you could do that when you come forward for communion.
you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, to our Savior, Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, open the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Mighty and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food the body and blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory now and forever. Amen. 
We pray together as Jesus taught his friends to pray in the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. To commune today, you'll go to the side aisle where you'll come forward, and at the front there are these two tables by the side aisle where you'll pick up an empty, empty cup which you'll bring to the railing. The railing, your cup will be filled with wine and you'll receive bread. If you need uh, grape juice instead of wine or gluten-free instead of bread, those are also at these two uh, side tables. You can just pick them up and bring them to the railing as well. When you're done commuting at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and you'll place your empty glass in the bowl here by the center aisle. We want everyone to know, in case you're wondering, uh, that everyone is welcome to commune with us today, friends, guests, visitors. This is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table, and the invitation comes from Christ. Receive this invitation to communion. A feast of love is offered here for you and for all the saints.
stand as you are able. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in God's grace. Amen. Blessed Jesus, at this table you have been for both host and meal. Now send us forth to extend our tables and to share your gifts until that day when all feast together at your heavenly banquet. Just briefly before we sing our sending hymn, we're going to say a prayer for our prayer shawls and for a quilt for Denia. Uh, I believe Ann Spilde, you, you helped make the, the quilt for Denia. And Jen, is there a card that people can sign to? There's a card in the narthex that you can sign for Denia. Denia is Catherine's uh, daughter, and we're thinking about her, and so we want to send her uh, you know, words of love and encouragement and uh, this quilt as a, as a physical way of, of uh, sending our love, too. So uh, let's say a prayer for um, our... And the, the prayer shawls here have been made by Trinity members. We give out prayer shawls as part of our ministry to those um, in need of healing or those who are grieving. Just anyone who needs, uh, again, that physical... Uh, reminder of our care and love. So let's pray for them. Loving God, we pray for this quilt and these shawls that have been prepared as signs of your love for our, uh, for our church family and, for, and beyond. We ask that you would bless those who made them and bless those who received them, that they might uh, be... Uh, a symbol and a sign of your great love for them and the love that comes from this community. We ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
God's beginning and the end, who has written your name in the book of life, bless and keep you in grace and peace from this time forth and forevermore. Let by the saints before us go in peace to serve the Lord.